The stock, the fandom, the support of LA Knight is continually rising. And I am not blind. I am not oblivious to this by any means. So I wanted to focus on this week's episode just talking about LA Knight. Just uh, maybe a little bit shorter of an episode than you're used to. But uh, that's what I wanted to do for this week. Have some thoughts here and there on that. But before we get any further with that, there's one other wrestler I want to focus on at this moment. And that is Eric Young. This last Saturday, yeah, Saturday at uh, Slammiversary Impact Wrestling, Eric Young was brought out as the mystery partner for Scott Demore, kind of a Team Canada reunion as PCO was unable to compete in the big tag team match <clears throat> featured against um, Bully Ray and Diener as Macklin got hurt and couldn't be in there either. And... Well, to me, was most interesting because I, with Impact Wrestling, I I watch the pay per views, and really that's ultimately it. That's what I have time for, and then I see highlights here and there on like Instagram, and I always stop and watch those. But I didn't realize that Eric Young was what they said really was killed off in Impact Wrestling, and come to find out that he asked for his. Recent release from WWE. Wait. What? Eric Young asked for his release from WWE, served a 90-day no-compete clause, and then showed up back in Impact Wrestling? Yeah. So apparently, he signed with WWE uh, last year. I can't remember when. Like, November, maybe? And ultimately did nothing. He was... Never mentioned on TV. They, I guess, at one point tease him may maybe a potential sanity return, but there was never any mention of him. He never showed up, and I, you know I don't watch like main event, so I don't know if he was ever on there. I'm hoping he was, but to me, if um if he was signed for WWE for all those months and then got released on his own accord, served a 90-day no-compete clause, and I had no idea of any of this until he shows up back in Impact Wrestling after his stint in WWE, I think leaving the WWE for Eric Young was the right decision. That's my two cents on that. But now on to this week's main topic, LA Knight. Here on this week's episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast, stay tuned. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. Let me talk to you. Hey, uh, so this is a little bit different of an episode this week, airing a little, little later in the day than what most episodes air on, and uh, a bit shorter of an episode. But uh, I wanted to get something out, nevertheless. And one topic that I've seen so much conversation on lately is what I wanted to talk about today, and that is L. A night. Yeah. I'm not going to do my uh, L.A. night imitations, but <laughs> I enjoy those catchphrases. So he, uh, I don't know. I, I was watching an old episode of SmackDown over the weekend from uh, shortly before Money in the Bank. And it just, I, I've seen it all along, but it really opened up my eyes there how massively over the megastar L.A. Knight is, and it just won me to just kind of do a special, do a brief, talking about the man himself, L.A. Knight. Uh, you know, I wasn't too familiar. I've heard the name Eli Drake uh, back in the day when he was both prominent in both Impact Wrestling and when he was in NWA, and I I heard a lot of sensation on him, but I wasn't really watching either of those products so I wasn't really too familiar with him past that. See some things here and there, but you know, don't ask me at the time, especially don't ask me any questions on LA, uh, Eli Drake, because I r- really wouldn't have been able to hang on to, in those conversations. Uh, he was just a name I've heard of more than anything else, and but I heard of him enough that we uh, came to a certain NXT event and during the pre-show. This man named L.A. Knight shows up, and I, I knew he was Eli Drake, and I got excited. Not because I was familiar with him, but, but I, I heard enough of a buzz of him that I figured it was going to be a good coup for the WWE, for NXT, um, and, of course, for for the man himself. And, you know, I remember I was watching that pre-show with Ryan Johnson, you know, uh, Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Facebook producer, and uh, he he had no idea who Eli Drake was, and I said, "Well, this guy's gonna be something. If if it's anything like his career has been in the Indies so far, uh, hopefully he can do some good here." But you know, you've seen so many cases in the past where people flourished in the Indies in well any company other than WWE, and then they go to the the big time in WWE, and they. It's a sink or swim situation, and so many times it's unfortunate you see those those stars sink. Um, as I mentioned in uh, just the kickoff show, not the kickoff show, the well, I guess Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk kickoff show. Um, Eric Young, I this last time he was in WWE or he was signed, he was just signed to WWE, and I heard one rumor, and then I didn't even know for sure that he was in the company until. I read that he'd served his 90 days after being out of the company. So, like, huh? <laughs> but, so, LA Knight, he goes in NXT, and he's there for a number of months. Uh, really, ultimately, he seems like, in, especially in comparison to a lot of the other stars you see in NXT, wasn't there for too long of a time. And then even then, you know, I think most notably, and I don't watch a lot of NXT. I, I watch the premium live events, so... You know what was takeover now just their 
They're what I will still like to call pay-per-views, and I know he had a big program with Cameron Grimes that brought Ted DiBiase back, where they're feuding over the Million Dollar Championship. L.A. Knight was victorious at one point, and then he lost the Million Dollar Championship to Cameron Grimes in a ladder match when Ted DiBiase took off with the Million Dollar Championship from there. Um, but I just ultimately I didn't watch enough NXT, and I didn't see a lot of where he was kind of prominent. And then they did War Games, where it was like the next generation of NXT against the veterans. And it made sense that you had Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano um, on the the veterans. But LA Knight was one of their partners, too. And I I said, what? Um, Okay. (laughs) I don't know if he's uh, been around long enough that he'd be considered one of the, you know, the black and gold veterans. But I, I believe it was... I want to say maybe Pete Dunn was their partner. I can't remember for sure who who it was against, you know, uh, Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller. Um, and one more. I, I don't remember verbatim who all was involved in that War Games match. I just remember being thrown off guard that LA Knight was on seemingly, you know, the face team, which was the NXT veterans. And I was like, okay, so he's been in NXT long enough that he's considered a veteran. That's... Interesting, he's on Team Black and Gold. And then he, he gets his call up, to, call up to the main roster. And you know I think there's a little bit of confusion on what to do with him there. Uh, it was looking like he was supposed to be just a, a manager. And he was Max Dupree and started the Maximum Male Models with uh, Mansoor and Mace. Who, I don't know, I, I get so frustrated because... I know uh, Mansoor in particular has a lot of talent, and Mace just never seems... He's always on the end of a, a bad break, so never really seems to get his own break. You know, part of Retribution that flopped, and now the Maximum Male Models that also kind of flopped. But it was like, okay, you're you're changing his name, and there's rumor that, you know, maybe Vince McMahon just didn't really care for LA Knight. And, again, concern, and you know, he had a fan base, and the fan base was quite vocal. I was silent because I, I kind of liked him, but I I felt like I wasn't enough of an expert of him to really to really say otherwise. Of course, I'm all for uh, people on the main roster, just the exposure and just being seen, even if not week after week, just working the way for themselves to be on there. And but the thing is about L.A. Knight always, Eli Drake, whatever you want to call him, is he's always had the gift of gab. He's always been a a great promo. To this day, you have so many people doing his, yeah, let me talk to you. And then, you know, go to old, older school Eli Drake and you hear dummy, yeah. And really, to me, he he does it for himself and it's putting him over big time. And now he's he's a name within WWE that, like, I don't know, look at Sami Zayn last year and even up to a few months ago and it's not as big as Sami Zayn but he's got the crowd support big time behind him and then the big rumor was was LA Knight gonna win money in the bank and the huge rumor was that he was he was gonna win money in the bank and so here here's where I stand on it because ultimately I've had so many people approach me uh Trent Guerin in particular he sent me a clip on on Snapchat a while back and it was just the comparisons to how much uh, L.A. Knight sounded like The Rock. 
And I hadn't even realized it prior to seeing this video he sent me. And it's pretty precise, but I don't think... I don't think that's L.A. Knight trying to sound like The Rock. I think that's just L.A. Knight talking. You know, The Rock had plenty of catchphrases himself and was very good on the mic himself. But, you know, you didn't hear him come out and you didn't hear him say, let me talk to you, or dummy, yeah. Like, none of that. He he had his own catchphrases that he got over. So, to me, L.A. Knight's not trying to be the next Rock. I think he's just trying to be the first L.A. Knight. And right now it's working. And then I've seen some other criticism of, of, you know, his wrestling and being, he has a one-word catchphrase. So, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin and what? And his finisher is similar to the stunner. Well, it's not a stunner. And so, to me, I think, I don't know how sold I am on L.A. Knight's wrestling, uh, like, his moveset and everything. But I know he's massively over with the crowd. And, you know, he he's improving the fact that like he was supposed to be just a manager and the fans said otherwise and he worked back into his role where he was back to being LA Knight and the fans were behind him and he quickly shot them down. He is let's face facts, he is very good at being a heel, but at the same time it's like nobody wants to boo him anymore and he's kind of starting that transition to a babyface seeming seeming like I haven't watched this last Friday's SmackDown. I know he was involved in something there, so I can't really comment on that because I haven't seen it for myself. I just know the man's getting over and he seems to do it himself. Granted, SmackDown seems to be the show to be on if you want more of those freedoms. To my understanding, Vince McMahon has more of the say in Monday Night Raw, where Triple H is more of the say in SmackDown. To my understanding. I could be wrong on this and that maybe they, you know, share things a little more otherwise, but uh that's to my understanding, and, you know, L.A. Knight, if that's reality, L.A. Knight has the momentum for himself even more because he's on the SmackDown role, so he has more of those creative freedoms. He's able to talk more of, you know, what makes him comfortable. Now, the the, the main thing I wanted to cover on today, though, I, I think the way things are going, he's got the crowd support there. You know, you're looking at Daniel Bryan going into WrestleMania 30. Well, here's the difference between that is Daniel Bryan was already world champion prior to WrestleMania 30. So, yes, the yes movement got him over with the crowd. The crowd gave him more support than what WWE was realizing, what WWE was wanting him to get, and that the crowd got him into that main event picture. But he was in that main event picture before, and he's been in that main event picture since then. It worked. I'm not saying it didn't work, but here's the thing. With LA Knight, at least in WWE... We haven't really seen him in the main event picture yet. Really not at all. You know, he's still, and right now, he still is just a mid-carder. But again, working with Triple H, I think that, that helps his momentum all the more. And uh, I, I think everything's going a step in the right direction. And uh, I saw before he was a front runner to win this year's Money in the Bank ladder match. I read this months ago, long before Money in the Bank before we even know, knew who any of the competitors would be, uh, before we knew the champ, potential champions they could challenge. It's nice, right as of this recording, that neither briefcase holder has cashed in yet. But here's the thing about that. Again, going off of the world title picture, and even, you know, Sami Zayn got to the main event, but still isn't a, a world champion yet. It's got himself over. He was in the 
night one's main event of WrestleMania this year. That does say something. And the crowds are the crowd's still behind him, just the bloodline story has taken on even more and kinda left Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in the dust a little bit, but they're they're still thriving for themselves. Um and so I mean WWE's gotta listen to where their their fan support is. And it gave Sami Zayn a tremendous ride, but again, you know, there's I don't right now I don't think Roman Reigns is losing the championship till at least WrestleMania. He's got a great program going with Jay Uso. It's fun to watch. I, I it makes me want to watch SmackDown every week. And if I miss SmackDown cuz you know life gets busy, uh you know, I'm ca- quick to see the highlights, the replays. It's keeping me on the edge of my seat throughout. It's been so much fun to watch. The storytelling has been so great. But it's focused on Roman Reigns and whoever he's working with. And I don't see LA Knight really at the Roman Reigns level yet. You know, give him a mid-card championship, maybe the United States Championship in the meantime. Him and Austin Theory could have a very fun program. You know, um, to that credit, John Cena has expressed his support on social media behind LA Knight. feels like he's one thing that WWE is doing right, and he sees him being the future of the business, and he very well could be. Um, but when it comes to money in the bank, this is what I want to focus on is if you want LA Knight as a champion, as a world champion, more, I know money in the banks kind of laxed a little more on the rules. Now you don't have to challenge just a world champion. You could challenge for the intercontinental and us champion as well if you want to. But to me, if you want to have the correct star rise, especially for somebody who hasn't held or hasn't won the big championship yet if you want to build them up the right way having them win money in the bank might not be that calling and to me that's prominent for la Knight, damian priest and everything he's doing with judgment day i think ultimately going into money in the bank you know there was that caveat is logan paul gonna win and i didn't really think he was going to in the front rows i always had in my head were la Knight and damian priest um, LA Knight has the crowd support, but I feel like he was too much of the obvious and WWE definitely knew he was the one that they, that the fans wanted to have win. But I mean, just to me, if you look at the programming going on right now in current WWE and on raw, you see everything between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor and Damian Priest is right in the middle with that briefcase. There's been tension between Damian Priest and Finn Balor here and there again, and we're going into the second biggest paper pay per view of the year, at least for WWE, with SummerSlam. And I think all the cards in play to really tell a great story, to make something great. So I have no problem with the fact that Damian Priest is the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, and I'm intrigued to see when he cashes in, who he cashes in on, how it's going to go into play with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor and the rest of Judgment Day. It's keeping me on the edge of my seat. So I think WWE actually made the correct move there. Because, again, if you want to build LA Knight, how do you really build a a face champion winning the title for the first time when, yes, they win a ladder match, but then they cash in on a champion who's vulnerable? They've done it. It worked with Big E. But at the same time, like... Think of it on the other side of the fence. Wouldn't it be all the more of a push if they earned themselves into the main event picture, earned a legitimate shot against the champion, and then won? And, you know, to me, it's just the overall picture. The world title pictures are spoken for right now, especially Roman Reigns' championship, where, you know, LA Knight is. So I think 
I see LA Knight being a future world champion. I do. He's got the right momentum. He's got the right push. He's just got to keep going with it. So I think his future is still very bright. Money in the Bank is one setback. But I think, again, if you look at the storytelling, you look at the overall picture, the correct move was made in having Damian Priest win that briefcase. But LA Knight, the quote, mega star, is definitely mega over. And, you know, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Look at this year's WrestleMania. The whole thing was how can you have an L.A. WrestleMania without L.A. Knight? And I was like, okay, you know, he's cutting these promos. He's making himself relevant. And uh, I think they were ultimately, they were wanting to shoot for maybe a match between him and Bobby Lashley. Then they put them both in the Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And they're like, okay, well, that might not be everything. Um, So there's still a possibility. But then you run into the same problem that WWE has most every year where WrestleMania just goes long, and then you have to condense, and you have to cut out. And now you, the average wrestling fan can be like, oh, well, they could have gotten rid of this. Did we really need to see The Miz versus Shane McMahon turn into The Miz versus Snoop Dogg? Well, probably not. I get it, though, and I'm not going to question the WWE creative staff. Um, again, this my kind of one of my premises of this podcast is to be more encouraging than anything else. I want to stay optimistic even through my doubts at times. And I don't have any doubts in this situation. I know the fans were upset that LA Knight was not featured in WrestleMania. That's one setback. But, I mean, look at where he was before then. You know, Bray Wyatt came in and he was hot. Everyone loved him. He was he was big for that short time he was before, you know, before whatever he's going through now. And now everyone's anticipating the return of Bray Wyatt yet again. But L.A. Knight was the first one to give him his first televised match and was involved in that story with Uncle Howdy. It says something that he's put in the spot there. And then I thought L.A. Knight was going to win that match mostly because I thought, you know, there's a drift between Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt. I didn't think they were going to reconcile. So it would give L.A. Knight the win. I was wrong. That's okay. But so he, he's, he has some of those ingredients that really makes him a star. And he is so good on the microphone. He's so much fun to listen to. And a promo goes a huge way in the program. And your and your stardom, really. And so I I don't know if you know his move sets quite down where they see world champion material, but they they can really polish that diamond and make it shine. So uh, I think his future is still very bright. You just have to have some patience. Wrestling as a whole is always about long-term storytelling. Where's the build? Where's the chase? What have you done? What's steps A, B, C, X, Y, and Z that puts you into the where you're at now? What puts you into that main event picture? LA Knight could very well get there. He's got the fan support. And if they keep going, like they're not getting any quieter with any of this. It's only pro- projecting. So I think... You know, his stardom can still very much so rise. I don't think you have to worry about, oh, maybe he needs to leave and go to something like AEW. I don't think you have to worry about that. I think LA Knight is still in good hands. You just have to have a little more patience. Um, So those are kind of my thoughts in a nutshell. Uh, Yeah, maybe a missed opportunity with WrestleMania. But, you know, he's done what he can to make the most sense. I will say this, you never see the maximum male models anymore. Even Maxine Dupree is doing other things now with Alpha Academy. But you still see LA Knight flourishing. The crowd's still very much so behind him. If he's not on TV, you hear the fans voice their concern and their 
There are complaints there, too. He's over. He has what... He's doing everything to show that he's over. Don't give up on the LA Knight stock. I think it's still rising. I'm impressed. Uh, I'm not giving up on him yet. I think those goals that the LA Knight fans, the LA Knight supporters have, I think those are still attainable. So just, just be patient and keep on with the ride because it's not ending anytime soon. LA Knight... Let's get maybe a a, a mid-card championship on him, the United States Championship, Intercontinental Championship. See what he does as a rising champion and let him continue to shine from there. But I'm not going to question what WWE is doing. I think Damian Priest winning Money in the Bank. Yeah, okay, maybe it was a little bit of a slap in the face that LA Knight was the last person on the ladder before Priest took him down and captured the briefcase himself. But I think I, I I'm trusting what WWE has planned there. I think it was best for both Priest and honestly for LA Knight because it's just making the stock of LA Knight rise even more. So don't give up on him yet. We'll see what the future holds. But that's my sh- my thoughts of LA Knight in a nutshell. This was another episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast, a little bit shorter of one. Guys, I have an interview booked for this next week. <sighs> Something. I think you might want to listen to. Might be against my will, but sometimes bad blood can provide for either even greater content, especially in the world of professional wrestling. So stay tuned. But this is Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host Johnny Cadillac, and until next time, we will see you then. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs>